Okay, so what's going on, all my podcast listeners? See Jizzle and the fucking Wizzle. And I'm really kind of pissed off because I just made a whole podcast and I was almost done with it. And I got to flipping through, scrolling through different apps, because I do that while I'm making a podcast sometimes, and I end up deleting it. So um, we're going to end up trying to cover as many topics as we can, but that I remember. Um, <laughs> it's going to be quite a task. Quite the task. So, first things first, everything that I do whenever I make a podcast is off the top of my head. I don't have it written down, it's not scripted, it's just whatever I think about off the top of my head. So, starting from what I do remember, me and my buddy got to talking about laptops and whatnot. Which ones are good, which ones are bad, which ones to stay the fuck away from. And learning from in the past, anything that operates with Windows is trash. Seriously. The interface is trash. The apps are trash. Just everything about it. Um, the, other, the only other operating systems that they have is Linux and Mac. Really. I mean, ultimately that's the only other options that you have. Linux, you can't run USB flash drives. So, you can only really result to Macs. Mac OS. And Macs can get pretty expensive. So, you know, it is what it is. But if you really have to have that USB flash drive, get a Mac. Because you're going to regret if you get a Windows put it that way so I've been talking about how I need to get a laptop and my friend said he's had a Linux in the past he liked it but he just didn't like the fact that it couldn't run a flash drive um, I told him I need to have something with a lot of RAM and a lot of storage because I'm going to be making a lot of videos, um, and I'm going to have many applications open at once, and I'm going to have to be able to play games and shit on it as well. I mean, I might even have to have a couple external hard drives, so, anywho, I need to have something with like 8 gigabytes of RAM. At least. Something that's really hardcore. Storage. Like I said. I can get a terabyte of external storage. If I have to. But. I will never run a Windows operating system again. So. Anywho. That being said. You really get what you pay for. When it comes down to laptops or computers. I'd rather have a desktop, really. I mean, if you're going to be using it at home, um, or if I was going to put it in my van, for example. But the thing is, if I needed to take that laptop out 
other than I couldn't because it's a desktop. So, I mean, there's some downsides to it. There's some upsides to it. The thing is, if you're living in a van and you have a desktop, it's going to be sucking in a lot of dust and dirt and debris, and it's just going to be in the way, you know. So I thought, well, it's just probably best to get a laptop, pretty much. Later down the road, if I want to change it up, I can. Or if I want to link up my laptop to a, the screen, the big screen, I can do that. Um, anywho, moving on from that, because that's probably another year and a half, two years from now, but I was watching a documentary. Well, it wasn't a documentary, it was a video. And in this video, it was just really, it was really touching to me. I don't know how else to really explain it, but in this video, this professor was teaching this class, and I wish that more teachers were like this, more professors were like this, because he was just really, he was head on with it. He's really a down-to-earth guy, you can tell. And just, it really makes you step back and look and evaluate things in life, you know, with what he said. But basically what he said was he had a glass of water. It's like a little eight ounce glass of water. And he asked all of his students, how much did this glass of water weigh? And a lot of them said eight ounces, 16 ounces, 30 ounces, whatever. And he said, you're all wrong. And he said, because even if it is 8 ounces, if I hold it in my arm for a long period of time, my arm starts to get heavy. If I hold it for 6 hours, my arm starts to become numb. And so he said, it's the same thing with life's problems. It might not seem heavy right now, but the more that you hold on to them, the longer you hold on to them, it gets heavier and heavier and eventually you just become numb to everything. And it really kind of opened my eyes to something as simple as a glass of water. How it can become heavier over time. It's the same thing with your life's problems. Simple little things like that kind of make me sit back and think about things. You know, when I'm sitting here tipping up this 12 ounce can of beer it makes me think that my life's problems are a lot heavier than this little can of beer you know anywho moving on from that um i went to the store last night long story short i went there to get some beer and some groceries and <laughs> i walked in there and there was this white cracked out meth head white guy right this fat black dude that was up there begging the white guy to buy him some cigarettes and i'm like dude just hurry up because i'm trying to get my shit like you know i'm just I'm kind of fed up and pissed off and finally he gets his shit and um 
The white guy's already gone. He's already out in the car. Anywho, I go, I'm buying my shit, and the black dude's still standing there by the conveyor, by the end of the grocery line, whatever. And he's got this black fanny pack on around his shoulders. I don't know if any of you have ever seen one of those before, but everybody thinks that the coolest thing now is to carry a fanny pack on their shoulders. Um, so he unzips it, right? And he gets up close to me, like, I'm like, what the fuck? You know, what is this guy doing getting all in my space, you know? And then I look over, and he's trying to get me to smell what's in this fanny pack, right? So I leaned down, and I smelled it, and I'm like, oh, that smells pretty good, right? But the first rule of thumb, whenever you grow up on the streets, is that looks can be deceiving. So... Anywho, I look in there, and there's all these little black, little, um, drug baggies. They're, like, enough to hold a gram. You know, little square drug baggies, what I like to call them. But you can't see them. They're not clear. They're all black, right? I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. You know, that's what I thought at first. But... Then he starts talking to me, and he's like, you want to you wanna buy some? And I'm like, no, I just spent all my money. And I just bought some uh, weed from the dispensary as well, so no, I don't need any weed. I'm like, it smells good, though, you know. So then he starts trying to haggle the, the cashier, and he tells her that it's $25 an eighth and $35 a quarter. And I'm like, there's no way in hell. There's no way in hell. First of all, even if you had something that was that good, there's no way you're selling it for that price. And second of all, there's no way to know in those little baggies if there's a whole eighth. I think that there's no way you could put a whole eighth in there. So anyways, I'm like thinking to myself, even if they were an eighth, even if it was, there's no way to tell that it's good shit. Because, yeah, I smelled the bag, but in the bottom of that bag, underneath all that shit, could be his good stash. You know, so looks can be deceiving, I'm telling you. It could smell good in that bag at the bottom, but he's going to give you a little pouch that's just some some garbage that's $25 that he just made off of you, and you only got a gram instead of three and a half. So, anyways... I'm glad I didn't fuck with him at the end of the day, because I don't even know the guy, you know. Anybody who's out in public trying to sell you shit, it's kind of sketchy. When it's out in public like that, that's pretty sketchy. I don't even know you. So anywho, I seen the guy had got his buddy to buy him a pack of cigarettes, and I'm like, hey, I'll buy one of those cigarettes off of you, and he was like, well, if you don't have any money to buy a pack of cigarettes, then you don't have money to be buying weed. After I just told him that I buy my weed off of the dispensary, he says I don't have any money to buy weed. <laughs> I spend $160 at a time, usually. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less. I spend $160 at a time at the dispensary. So for this dumbass guy that I don't even know, sit there and say, 
Well, if you don't have money for for cigarettes, you don't have money for weed. I just wanted one cigarette, dude. I didn't want to buy a whole pack. That's the reason why I asked you. So, so now he fucked up somebody who he could have been making money off of. You know, if he's selling, if he's selling fucking twenty-five dollar eights, and I'm spending one hundred and sixty dollars at a time, he could have had a good clientele. Could have had a good, you know, but he fucked it up with the way that he acted, with what he said, and I was planning on giving the motherfucker two dollars for one cigarette, but no, he wanted to act like a tool bag, and that one cigarette costed him a business opportunity, you know, so you gotta kind of think about things like that when you act like a piece of shit. Mm. It's, it's not an easy world nowadays when you're a drug dealer, especially since everything's legalized. So it's best if you kind of um, swallow your pride a little bit and I don't know, even if it means giving somebody a cigarette for $2, I mean, fuck. The craziest part was it wasn't even his money. He didn't even buy those cigarettes. Because he had to haggle his homeboy to buy those cigarettes for him. That's why I was waiting in the line for so long. Because he was trying to get his homeboy to buy the blunts and the cigarettes for him. And he's like, dude, the cigarettes alone are over ten bucks. Well, yeah, they're over eleven dollars for Newports. So, he didn't even buy them. So, it made me feel better, you know, because... Then, after all that, you know, he seen I was buying beer, and I was buying some chimneys, and I was buying some root beer for later on, and he's like, what is all this shit that you're buying? You're buying beer and chimneys and shit, and he started laughing and making a joke about it, <clears throat> and I'm like, yeah, I don't get food stamps, which was kind of a slap in his face, you know, I don't get food stamps, I gotta pay for my own food. And, you know, people like that, they don't realize it. They don't get it. But, that's okay. That's alright. Because, like I said, I don't, I don't buy off the streets anymore. And I sure as hell don't buy off people that I don't know. And I've got somebody that, if I wanted to buy off the streets again, I've got somebody that's been... Telling me that she'll give me deals on top of deals. She wants me to buy off of her. And I, I just might. Because I get a whole lot more. And it's some good shit. I've smelled it the last time I was over there. And it's always good shit. She doesn't smoke trash. So. We'll see. So I've been having this big falling out with my mother and shit since Easter, long story short, and the way that she did me was bogus as fuck, the way that she put me out on Easter was bogus as fuck, anytime that I hold a can of beer in my hand, they always threaten me to call the cops, pretty much, and like I've told them before, this is who I am, I'm a grown fucking man, and um, so anyways, um, 
they threatened to call the cops on me the last time I was over there on Easter, and I had just gotten this new job. And I thought, well, it's not really smart, because I have went to jail in the past over my sister, and it's not really smart to go to jail, possibly lose your job, and then not have a place to live. So, for me to look out for myself, I have to stay away from my mother, pretty much. And she has to realize that I'm a grown man, I live a certain way, and um, she's not, she's not um, on that train when it leaves the station, then, like I said, it's going to be full steam ahead. There's not going to be any turning around and picking up passengers. Once this train leaves the station, it's gone. So, um, there's been many times in the past where, like I said, you can't trust family. Family has gotten me put in jail before. Family has tried to murder me. Family has fucked me over in so many ways. Just trusting family. I, I can trust other people like my best friend more than I can trust my family. And that's sad. So what it all comes down to is, like I've said before, if you can't trust family, who can you trust? And like I said, there's only one person that I can truly trust. I've tried to trust people that I've worked with in the past. That didn't go over very well. No. Loyalty gets you nowhere. Nine times out of ten. Um, there's no way around it. You know, you are who you are. You're either a snake or you're not. There's only been one person that I've met that hasn't tried to do me wrong. And that's my, my brother, my best friend been friends for over 15 years so you know uh going back to a little bit of history uh, my own mother has turned on me before whenever she sent me back to well she didn't send me back to she sent me to north carolina to live with my aunt which she's never really met i've never met any of my biological family so I go to live with these strangers in North Carolina for three to six months, and it was terrible. It was one of the most terrible experiences in my life. I literally got left in an airport to sleep there overnight, and it was just, it was miserable. So, anywho, um, can't trust my mother, because she's done me wrong. I can't trust my sister because she's done me wrong. Um, and my mother hasn't worked for 30 years. More than 30 years. For probably like 35 years, my mother hasn't worked. And she likes to blame it on the fact that she had a traumatic experience. Um, right before or right after I was, she was pregnant with me. About how she was robbed and she was left for dead. But she hasn't gotten a job since for 30, 35 years, right? And even then, she was just answering telephones and an answering service. So, she doesn't know what it's like to have a hard day's work. 
same thing with my sisters, except for my sister Jessica. Um, all they had to do was roll over on their back, and and they've had a good life ever since. So, you know, with my sister Ashley, she had a miserable life until she rolled over on her back and had a kid, and every, everything's been fine since. And it's not because her husband loves her, it's because her husband's going to take care of his kid regardless. So if her husband wasn't in the picture, and my sister had to raise her kid all on her own, she'd be a terrible mother. I mean, she's already a terrible mother, but whatever. Same thing with my other half-sister. All she had to do was roll over and get pregnant, and um, everything's been fine for her ever since. But if she didn't have somebody to sit there and support her this whole time, she'd be the little whore that she is. So, I mean, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. That's why I don't associate with them. They like to talk about how they're so successful and how I'm not, but yet they haven't done anything with their lives except get pregnant. So, when when people want to talk about my family, they want to ask me, well, what's your family like? Well, I don't have a family. That's what I usually tell them. Or, I usually just tell them about my good sister, Jessica. I have a really loving sister, Jessica. Me and her get along very well. And they say, well, what about your mother? What about your father? And I usually, I don't get into all that. I don't like to get into it. Even before me and my mother had this falling out, I didn't like to get into it because my mother was always on pills growing up. My mother was always on pills. And so, back then, um, she had an addiction to Xanax and who knows what else. But um, back then, like I said, she was always in bed. And my sister Ashley was the oldest. And she was always in charge of of making things to eat. She was usually like the mother figure, you know. And I think that's why she has such a problem with letting go of that still to this day. But there was a lot of times whenever my sister Ashley had to go to work. Because she worked for a pizza place back then. And my sister Jessica and me were the only ones there. So, I don't know. It, it's really a fucked up story that I wish that I could sit down one day and write. I want to sit down one day and actually write the story out. Because whenever you're actually sitting there in an open field, in a nice park or something... The bird strip, you can actually sit there and think about every little step of what happened, every word that was said, and you can actually relax. You don't have to write it all in one day, you know. But I truly, I truly believe that me taking the time and writing this story out would, would really do a lot more justice for people to know about where I came from. Because I can't just tell it in one paragraph or in one sentence. It just doesn't work that way. 
And it's such a crazy fucking life. It's so crazy. So, I think I'm going to start doing that tonight, actually. Um, I hope that I can find some batteries for this keyboard, because that would make it a lot more easier um, to type it all out. I can use this Bluetooth keyboard on my phone, hopefully. Um, but I'm just going to write the story out. I'm going to start from what I can remember, all the details, and I'm going to work my way up. And I feel like it's going to give people an insight of how I was raised, but yet how much of the dark times, you know, it's, it's really hard to explain until you actually read it. The dark times made me who I am today. Let's just put it that way. So, I think that people are going to read this story and people are going to be shocked. I think people are going to be shocked from my standpoint of view. Even my family members and stuff are going to read it and they're going to be like, Wow, this is really what happened? You know, this is really how you've seen it? Yeah. This is what the fuck happened. You know, um, it, everything has been kept kind of on hush-hush. Because... Whenever my sisters got... My oldest sisters got old enough, like Ashley and Jessica, they moved out. They had their own life. And so, it was just me and my sister Brittany, my half-sister. A lot of the times. And, and that's when a lot of the times got dark, was as soon as, as my oldest sisters left. Anywho, you're going to be able to read about it. you got to keep it tuned. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to post it yet, really. I'm going to write it out on a tablet. I'm going to write it out in note form. But I don't know how I'm going to really break it down and post it. I don't know. I could I could just read it out verbally on these podcasts. I could just write it down and then read it out verbally. Um like a speak aloud type thing, but then people on my Facebook wouldn't be able to follow along either. So I don't know. I might do a version of both. I might write it out and post some of it every little every little bit, you know, every other little day or whatever. And then I I, I might also speak it out on Spotify. I think that's going to be the best way to do it from for it to get out on both versions cuz there's no way, you know, I, I wish there was a way for you to type it out or for you to speak it out on, like, Anchor or Spotify, and then for it to be typed out so you can post it later down the road. I don't know. I don't know. I even heard about this whole live uh, video shit on Spotify, and I don't really know what to make of it.
whatever I do write is going to be a very detailed, um, what do you call it? A very detailed inscription of what happened. So, from the time that I can remember, you know, until recently, that's that's basically going to be what the story is about. From from the time that I was born, that I can remember, to my young adolescenthood, till my young adulthood, and then now, um, that's basically what it's going to start out as. Is this storyline. And then as time goes on. I'll add to it. Um, but people really don't understand. When it comes to. Where I came from. And where I'm going in life. So I think the best way to do it. Is to put it into a story. And I've always. I've always said that. I need. I need to make a life story. And I kind of joked around about it. I kind of chuckled about it, I guess. But, yeah, I think I think that's something that this next generation really kind of needs. Something to realize that how things used to be and how things are changing and how, you know, it, it, it just needs to be in there. So history it's a it's a bit of history it's a bit of um personal life it's a bit of drama it's a bit of it, it's a bit of everything and i i feel like that's the perfect story is a little bit of everything so it's going to take some time i don't know how long but i want to be able to make sure that i include every little detail from what i can remember because I want to have to go back. You know, I want to be able to include every little detail and move on to the next chapter. So, we're going to see. We're going to see how good this goes. So, I've been kind of finding myself a little bit more and more here and there. Even whenever I think that I can't anymore, I, I find a little bit more of myself. And... I just, I feel like this job that I've got is a stepping stone for me. Let's put it that way. And whenever I had drank with Roosevelt this last time, he had, a, he had a talk with me and he said, you're not supposed to be here, you know. Um, and I said, well, what do you mean? He said, you're just not supposed to be working at, taco gringo you're not supposed to be working at this place you're just too smart too good to be you know you've got so much knowledge and shit why aren't you working somewhere else and i told him this is just a stepping stone for me this is just somewhere for me to pay my bills for now and he said okay well you need to go to the owners and you need to thank them for giving you that opportunity. And I said, yeah, I will, you know, eventually. Yeah, definitely. I think they already kind of know that. But, anywho, it just kind of opened me up to realize that this isn't for me. 
this this isn't for me. This job is just somewhere to work. But it really took somebody that was, you know, I feel like me and Roosevelt are on a different level. Me and Roosevelt believe in God. Me and Roosevelt um, are honest people. He's black and I'm white. But I feel like that me and Roosevelt are the most transparent. Anyways, it is what it is. And he said he's been there for like 18 years or something crazy. And I talked to somebody else that was there, the manager, and she said she's been there for like 16 years. And so when I get to looking at the schedule, like they've got like 32 hours, 36 hours, you know, stuff like that. But when you look at somebody like me, it's like 20 hours, 25 hours, maybe 30, you know. So it's a good little part-time job, but it's not enough to really get ahead. It might be enough to pay the bills, but it's not enough to get ahead, right? So, I gotta make a decision. And, um, this decision is not gonna be made overnight. It's gonna take a little while. I'm not gonna wait too long, but I wanna see if I'm gonna get more hours. Because this shit on flip-flopping different weeks, you know, I know that I missed a day and whatnot. That was a fuck-up, but... I can't afford to really keep having my schedule flip-flop from 30 to 20 hours. You know, that's that's a big difference to me. So, I don't know. There's many other jobs out there that are hiring. And if there's another job that comes out, you know, if I, if I get my app at a dispensary or something, then it's it's going to be kind of set in stone by then. I mean, Taco Place is going to be kind of a part-time job by then. So, mm, anything can happen. Literally anything. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants. And that's kind of the beautiful thing about living your own life is I'm the own captain of this magic carpet ride. Let's put it that way. Um, and I'm learning along the way that the more people that jump on your little magic carpet ride, the more that your magic carpet ride doesn't really fly so well anymore. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, anywho, I had thought about maybe making amends with my mother on Mother's Day and going over there, but... Then I would also have to get something for my grandmother, too, because she's over there. And, to be honest, I don't really have a whole lot to say to my grandmother. She's my adoptive grandmother, and she's been a, pretty much a cunt the whole time I've been alive. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, she is kind of getting older and almost to her deathbed, but at the same time, she hasn't made me feel like she's a mother or a grandmother to me. So, anywho. Um, and I can't really take my mother out to dinner away from my grandmother because she's watching her. Right? So, 
I pretty much have to take some flowers or something over there to her and have a talk with her. That's basically what Mother's Day is going to consist of. Um, hopefully, I got to look at the calendar, but hopefully, I get that day off. Let me let me check that right now because let's see. I really had a worry about that. Um, it's on the May eighth. So let's go back, look at the schedule here, and uh, let's see, oh they've only got up to the 7th, isn't that convenient, isn't that convenient, so I don't know what I work on the 8th, it's going to be a toss up, either way, um, no matter if I work that day or not, I need to have a talk with my mother, take her some flowers, um, maybe a little bit of wine, but we need to have a talk, and I hope that I'm off that day, I really do, hmm. I'll even pick up an extra day if they want me to, just so I can have that day off. Because I got some shit that I need to cover. And um, I think I'm going to have a talk with my boss about that as soon as I can. I want to be able to have that day off. So even if that means having one of my days off for the next week. Yeah, I need to have a talk with her about that. So there's a lot of things that I need to cover on Mother's Day. And I feel like Roosevelt knows that. Because when me and Roosevelt drank the last time, he heard all of my bullshit. So anywho, he'll be able to back me up. And he's going to say, yeah, you should probably give him that day off. Even if I got to pay Roosevelt to cover my shift, I'm already going to pay him $20 for the last time. I gotta pay him an extra $20 to cover this shift, I'll do that. Because it just, it needs to be done. It needs to be done. So tonight, um, I haven't really decided on what I'm gonna eat yet. I've got some frozen chimneys in the freezer that I thought about putting in the crock pot for a little bit. Um, but I've also got some Shin Black Ramen. I don't know if any of you have ever had it, but it comes in a red pack. Um, you can get it at Walmart in like a four pack. But Shin Black Ramen. It is some of the best, spiciest, hot fucking... It'll make your nose run. Oh my gosh. So I don't know. It's either Shin Black Ramen... Chimmies, or maybe some fries with some, I don't know, I don't know, but the point is, um, do what you want to do in life, don't listen to people that are going to 
put you down and berate you and tell you what you should be doing because there's going to be many people in your life that are going to do that. Many, many, many people. You're going to, you know, there's going to be people that, um, let's say you've got, uh, you're paramotoring and you've got the best technique and there's going to be somebody that says, oh, well, you should be doing it this way. Even though you've been doing it a certain way for like 30 years, they're going to say, oh, well, you should be doing it this way. Huh. Everybody thinks that they have the best answer for everything. And everybody's different. Everybody's different. And everybody's life is different. And the more that people try and make stupid, ignorant accusations like like that, you should be doing this or you should be doing that, it just makes you really... It just makes you really think about how stupid society is around you. And I... um. I'm an introvert already, so I mean, I hate people. I don't like being around people. So the more that it, people just make themselves more ignorant, it just makes me not want to be around people even more, if that makes any sense. So, you know, I believe in people that think for themselves, they do for themselves, and I see all these people around that are just... They're all little little sheep, you know, they don't think for themselves. Anywho, anywho, I don't have a whole lot more to talk about on this podcast. I think I forgot something. I really do. I There's something that I feel like I'm not talking about, but since... The last episode got deleted. I can't really go back and look at that. So, I really, I know as soon as I end this podcast, I'm going to think about it. But I'll just end up writing it down, I guess. If that's the case. Um, so, tonight we're drinking on Pabst Blue Ribbon. I don't know if I said that in the past. Um... I'm going to probably get off of here whenever I do. I'm going to end up getting on um, John Monica's uh, John Monica's page on Facebook. If you haven't followed John Monica, it's John, J-O-H-N. And then Monica is M-O-N-N-E-C-K-A. Truly... A great guitar player. I mean it really. He really relieves my stress. Anything that he plays. You know. Just listening to music. Listening to that guitar. Um, truly a good stress reliever. So. And I didn't find out about John Monica. Until about like. Two three years ago. But whenever I did. It was the greatest thing since sliced bread. So, anywho, like I said, not a whole lot to really talk about. We're going to spend this next 15 minutes kind of smoking and 
talking about whatever comes to mind, really. I really wish that I can, um, you know, hash it out with family and hang out with family for the night. A little bit of the sun going down, you know what I'm saying? Play some bags and drink and talk about shit, but with my family, it's it's really hectic. It's really crazy. So, there's not one particular family member that I care about the most, except for my sister Jessica. She is a saint when it comes to keeping the family going, pretty much. She's the middle sister for my mother. Um, she's the middle sister, but she is the one that keeps this fucking flame going. She, <laughs> without my sister Jessica, this family would be literally nothing. Literally. I'm not going to lie. And that kind of, it, it really saddens me because, you know, when my grandparents were around and shit, the way that things go right now, it would just never, it would never happen. It would never happen. For my father to act the way that he does, for my sisters to act the way that they do, it would just never happen. And ever since that older generation kind of passed away, it's just been a roller coaster ride ever since. Everybody thinks they're better than everybody. And um, it's not about family, it's about who's doing better than the next person. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, there's no other way to really put it. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's really a perverted way of what things used to be. So, things used to be, you know, in my family, I can remember going for uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving and whatnot. And um, I can remember things being totally innocent, really, I mean, but nowadays, it's, who do you know, what have you done, where have you been, you know, and, and even your own family kind of sits there and judges you at Thanksgiving, you know, even at Thanksgiving, you know, times when you should be so relaxed, and who cares about where you came from, or no, not with my family. It's, what have you done? Where have you been? Who do you know? And at the same time, my father hasn't been to a Thanksgiving in years. So whenever I show up and to Thanksgiving, they're like, well, who do you know? Well, I'm such and such as son. And they're like, well, oh, okay. Things are fucking, things are crazy. Things are not what they're supposed to be. 
you'll have people that'll tell you family is where it's at and I beg to differ. It's not where it's at. I've had family that sat there and treated you like clowns. So it's not about family, it's about where you belong. Where do you belong? Because, you know, there's people that will treat you better than family. You know, I've got people that, um, like John Monica, for example. There's people that treat him better than family because he's just so great, right? But when you get into actual family talk, with my family, for example, man, but who knows, they don't know who I am, you know, I can be, I can be somebody who's made it, you know, on Broadway, they wouldn't fucking know, that's just the way that my family is, they're so judgmental at first, but they don't know what the fuck you've accomplished, it's crazy, it's really, my family is broken apart ever since my grandparents had passed away my my father has never been to a thanksgiving or a christmas gathering since i don't know when hmm. i think it's been like oh i don't know if I had to guess, it's been like 20 years since my father's been to a family gathering. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And I don't expect anybody who's listening to this podcast right now to really get it. But this is kind of giving you an example of how crazy my life really is at certain times. And I hope that you... Um, and be able to listen to some of my diaries, some of this um, story that I'm going to bring out, I guess. <sighs> because I don't know how else I'm going to be able to tell this whole story without bringing it out into an actual story. There's just so much shit to talk about. Too much. So, I hope to see you guys soon on the next podcast. And I'll tell you a little bit of the progress on what I've made on typing out this story on the next podcast. Um, but until then, it was real. It was fun. But it hasn't been real fun. I'm sure I, I, le I left out some shit. Like I said, the last podcast segment got ended and deleted. I don't know how the fuck it happened, but... Um, we tried to recover and we covered a lot of points that was in the last episode. So, like I said, until the next one, it was real, it was fun, but it wasn't real fun. So deuces.